Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga from Cleveland.com and joined as always by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. So let's get right into uh, obviously the big news uh, surrounding the team right now is Trevor Bauer going on the disabled list. We thought it was an ankle injury, but it's more in the the, the leg. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, right above the ankle where he got uh, hit uh, on the right right leg uh, Saturday night in in Chicago. Um, uh, it's a stress fa- a stress fracture. Uh, Francona called it a small stress fracture, but I don't know the difference between if you have a stress fracture, or you don't have a stress fracture. So, right. you know, I, and there's really, you know, no timetable, Joe, at least they haven't mapped one out yet. I guess we should say. So uh, no one really knows if this is a season ending thing or will it be back sometime in September? Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, kind of touch and go right now, but I'm sure they'll have more information in the next couple of days here. Well, anybody who's uh, pitched slow pitch softball and gotten nailed by a line drive up the middle, uh, I, I can attest to having my having my leg broken in the exact same way that uh, that Trevor Bauer did uh, probably about ten years ago, and uh, it feels like a it feels mushy. Your 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 bone feels like mush, uh, the, the bruise, and it swells up. Uh, it, it's not a real pleasant feeling, but the uh, the real worry there is that there's uh, structural, like if he went to push off of that leg, the, 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 the parts of the bone that aren't bruised or broken would, would snap. There isn't a, a lot of integrity, a structural integrity there. Uh, it, on top of that, it's, it's a pain tolerance thing. It's, it's how much to- pain he can tolerate in, in being able to come back when the bone is recalcified and everything is, yeah. is nice and sound. So you got to let the bone heal, right? I yeah. mean, there's nothing you can do about that. I mean, that takes time. Well, you know, let's look at what this does to the Indians rotation. This obviously means that Adam Plutko is going to make a start on Saturday, but uh, you know, Trevor Bauer was having as good a season as, as any Indians pitcher you know, we, we could think of recently uh, in, just in terms of strikeouts He'd only given up seven or eight home runs this year. Uh, everything was going pretty much perfectly well for uh, Trevor Bauer up until uh, that line drive hit him. Yeah, I mean, he was having a career year. He's a Cy Young contender, uh, you know, second in the league in strikeouts, first in innings pitched. Uh, and more. And more, yeah. And, I mean, this guy, uh, you know, every start was pretty much the same, you know. The thing that impressed me, Joe, is that he cut down on his walks so much this year and the home runs. You know, he was working, you know, he, he took a lot of pride in throwing over 100 pitches every every start. Uh, I think he's the first guy, what, 25 starts with over 100-plus pitches uh, by an Indians pitcher since at least 1988 maybe. Uh, so – you know, I mean, this was his year, and I, I know it's got to. He's got to be crushed by it. I, you just don't know, uh, you know, if he'll, if he'll come back, and and when he does come back, how effective he'll be. You know, that's that's the big question. And you just, you know, <laughs> it, it just keeps. <laughs> I don't know if you're a Cleveland fan, you're probably thinking, what you know, what next, you know, and it, or or you're sitting there thinking it figures. It, but you know, this is still really a good rotation. I think. I think. Uh, you know, they should be able to, uh, you know, definitely, you know, they're going to win the Central and uh, you get through September and, and see what happens. Well, does the does that shift any pressure back onto Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco at the top of that rotation now to sort of go out there and, and, and be perfect every time out for the rest of the way? Uh, you know, Kluber appears to have 
sort of come through that, uh, that the so, sort of, if we can call it a slumping period, you know, low point being in, in St. Louis where he's out after an inning yeah. or a third of an inning or whatever, uh, you know, he, he seems to have come all the way back and, and is showing flashes of being, you know, the dominant second half Corey Kluber of last year. Uh, Carlos Carrasco has been steady since coming back off of his injury. Uh, so, you know, does this – can giving Bauer maybe a little bit of a break if, if he has to take a, a a few turns through the rotation off uh, before he can come back, is that maybe a good thing for, for, for the Indians pitchers? I think it, perhaps, you know, but I, I'm just – you know, I just – I think – I keep thinking, you know, stress fracture in the leg. This guy pushes off his right leg, you know, to – and he pitches with – you know, he pitches with such force. You know, it, it's it's not a, a pretty delivery. It's not a, a smooth, easy delivery. There's a lot of force there. So, I just – you know, you worry about that. You just worry the lingering effects of it. Uh, but if – you know, let's say it's four to six weeks and uh, you know he's going to keep his arm in shape. Um I would think, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, let's, let's say I think he'd have a better chance of coming back than, than he did with, when the drone uh, bit his finger, you know, in 2016. <laughs> he might be in a little better shape than, you know, a little better position than that. But uh, it's still a blow. And, you know, and I think, you know, what you said about, uh, you know, Kluber and Carrasco is interesting, uh, you know, because Kluber, you know, his strikeouts are way down. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's – you know, he's won 15 games, but is he the dominant Corey Kluber that we've seen in the last two or three years? I think he's a different Corey Kluber. To me, he looks like a guy, and he he, he said it's not a conscious effort, but, you know, he's, he's thrown fewer pitches. I think, I don't know if they're trying to, you know, reserve, you know, keep something in reserve for the postseason for him. And he's, you know, he's just, uh, he's working through this knee thing. You know, he had the injection at the All-Star break. Uh, so I, you know, I, I just, you know, I, it just seems to me that he is, they're kind of holding something back with Kluber and trying to make sure that what happened last, last postseason doesn't happen again. And Carrasco to me, I mean, he looks, every, I mean, he looks great. He, I mean, he'll have that one weird bad outing, you know, every five times out or something, but he looks dominant to me. Right. Right. Uh, you know, let, let's move on to the, the other sort of areas of concern for the Indians. Uh, chief among them earlier in the week, we learned a little bit more about Leonis Martin and his situation, uh, a bacterial infection that was, it, it, you know, when Terry Francona starts calling for, for prayers from, from folks for, for Leonis Martin, I guess that should have been the first indication that, uh, you know, things were a lot worse than we first sort of had anticipated. Uh, you know, the folks at the Cleveland Clinic pretty much saved Leonis Martin's life, uh, I guess, is the way that uh, Chris Antonetti has been, been saying. Yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, – I mean, this guy was – it was kind of, you know, talking to Antonetti, it was life, a life-threatening uh, injury. I mean, not an injury, an illness, and he's still recovering from it. You know, it was in a bacterial infection that entered his bloodstream – uh, created toxins and attacked his, uh, you know, internal organs. And, you know, it, it was touch and go. And, you know, I think uh, on, uh, when was it, uh, Monday when we got to Cincinnati, you know, uh, Antonetti was with the team, came down from Cleveland, uh, joined the team. He 
addressed the ball club about Martin's condition, and then he talked to reporters. And, you know, they've been very uh, hush-hush about it until now. And I think they were waiting, you know, they were waiting for you know, him to turn the corner, and he finally did. But, you know, Joe, I, I you know, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, baseball is the last thing on, on Mar- Martin's mind and his family's mind and the Indians' minds in regard to him. I think they just want him to get back to good health. And, you know, his future with the club, you know, I think is more pointed toward 2019 than, than this year. I'd, I'd, I'd be really surprised if he can't, if he's back on the field this year. I'd, and, you know, why he shouldn't be, he should be concentrating on his health and, you know, just being with his family and, and, and trying to get, you know, his life back together. Right. Uh, that brings us to the uh, the next sort of injury situation. And uh, Edwin Encarnacion is on the ten day DL after uh, you know experiencing soreness in his his left biceps, which was uh, compensating for the sore right hand that was still bothering him after the um, after the All Star break, getting hit by the pitch in the last game. Uh, for a guy that was swinging the bat for for the most part up until that point. Uh, with one hand, uh, you know, he wasn't doing too bad, but it obviously got to the po- point where they had to address uh, the situation, give him some time off, and, and let him heal up. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, it was a, that was a good move. I don't think uh, Encarnacion wanted to go on the DL. I thought I think he felt he could play through it, but uh, you know, you can see, you know, one thing was leading to another. You know, the hand, like you said, he's he's swinging one-handed because his right hand, he's got a bone bruise on the right hand. And then, you know, the, he's overcompensating with his left arm, and that, that starts you – know, he, he strains the bicep there. So, you know, give him 10 days, shut him down, and uh, hopefully he comes back. You know, I know he's got, you know, that streak that he's, that he's very proud of, 30 home runs in the last six years, six straight years, and I know he wants to do that. He's, he's at 25 and I think 81 RBIs, so I'm sure that's – he's probably counting the days to get back in the – you know, get back on the active roster. And, uh, you know, thankfully they had a guy like Yanni Diaz and brought him up and uh, he stepped right in there. We haven't seen him <laughs> in, mm-hmm. in the interleague series, but he certainly uh, made his presence felt in Chicago. Right. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into Yanni a little bit uh, later on here in the, in the podcast, but just uh, Encarnacion, the way that he, he always wants to be in the lineup. He's one of those guys that is, you know, even when they go to the, the National League uh, parks and whatever, he, he wants to, you know, he prides himself sort of on being in the lineup every day, and, and that's the approach that he takes. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, – Tito uh, t- uh, Francona was saying, you know, when, when they took him out of the game Friday in, uh, in Chicago after, he, you know, his first at bat, um, he was down in the dugout and he was talking to him, and he said, look, I'm sorry. He kept apologizing for getting hurt. I mean – if you're hurt, you're hurt, man. But, you know, that, I think that just shows you that, like you were saying, Joe, he, he takes a lot of pride in, in being available every day and, and hitting the middle of that lineup. He knows what he's getting paid. That's his job. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think he wanted to stay in there. But, you know, this is probably, uh, you know, the, the best move the organization could have made. You know, you, you look at the standings, you, you know, you look at uh, the, part, the, the point of the season they're at. This is – and in you know ten days, hopefully he gets he gets everything straightened out and and can come back, you know, uh, and pick up right where he left off. Got a month and a half left in the season, uh, regular season at least, 
and you've got you know 40 some games is that enough time to get some of these injured guys back in the mix and back in the rotation i obviously not martine we're that's a whole different animal and bauer we're still waiting to see what the what everything involves with you know the stress fracture but um you know andrew miller came back off the dl and he's starting to round into shape and starting to look you know more like andrew miller uh you know edwin encarnacion is going to come back hopefully after just a 10-day stint or whatever but you know maybe he's able to go and and like you said, add those, uh, those five home runs that he needs to get to 30 and, uh, you know, get into a, a groove where he's hitting his stride in late September, right into October. Uh, you know, is 40-some is games going to be enough to get this team where it needs to be in order to take on what looks like right now the Houston Astros? You know, uh, great question. Um, you know, we saw last year where this team, um, you know, all those guys came off the DL late, you know, Brantley, Chisenhall, and, uh, you know, they were kind of forced into that lineup and they, you know, that they weren't the same, you know, that, that wasn't, that wasn't the lineup. That wasn't the team that won 22 straight games when they got into the postseason against the Yankees in the ALDS. Those guys just weren't ready. I mean, and, you know, they just didn't have enough time to, to, to get ready. Um, and, you know, obviously Encarnacion twists his ankle and, and Brantley's got to come in there, you know, and play more than expected. But uh, I don't – you know, I guess the only guy in that, that position this year – I mean, I think Encarnacion will be fine. I think uh, Chisenhall is probably the only guy in that position right now. He's, he's with the team. You know, he's working out. He's doing some running. But, uh, you know, I, I just don't know where his status is going to be at, at the end of September. Uh, he's going to be a, a touch-and-go guy to me. Uh, but I think, that, you know, Cabrera has hit well. I think they've, they've got some cover there in right field. So I don't think Chisenhall's absence will be, uh, you know, that big a deal. Um, you know, the, the, the thing, uh, you know, Francona was talking about that I found interesting. He goes, you know, in, in the bullpen, pointing to the bullpen in particular, he said, uh, you know, we might not have the bullpen. We might not know – have the kind of bullpen we want until, you know, late September when, when Miller finally gets back in, in, in the shape, you know, back where he's, you know, he's, he's Andrew Miller again. And, uh, you know, you finally settle into, you know, decent, or, you know, kind of some stable roles with, uh, with Simber and, and uh, Allen and, and Brad Hand. Uh, so I think it has the makings of a great bullpen, but it's not a great bullpen right now, but it might be, on September 20th. All right. With that, uh, let's, uh, let's get into some reader questions. I know Paul, you, uh, you solicited a few, got some on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, why don't you jump in and, and give us the first one you were talking about. Okay. This is from uh, Stephen Rose. Is Andrew McCutcheon an option off the waiver waiver wire for the tribe? Well, uh, you know, this is the, uh, this is the time for that uh, August trade magic that Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff uh, have uh, been able to pull off the last couple of years. They've got Coco Crisp in 2016. they got Jay Bruce in 2017. Both of them contributed significantly in, in playoff runs. Um, so uh, everybody pointing to McCutcheon as being the guy. Uh, you know, teams try to sneak. They're put their veterans on the waiver wire at some point in, in August just to see, you know, what the interest is. Uh, do you think it's possible the Indians can can work something out and get McCutcheon uh, to come over? I I 
I, I think McCutcheon would be a, a, a stronger candidate than, you know, an, an Adam Jones who's already said, you know, he doesn't he, – he would veto any trade because he's got the, the no-trade clause in his contract. I think he'd be a perfect fit, Joe. I think you could put him in – you could put him – I know he's been playing right field for the last couple of years, but I think he could play center field for you. Um, the question is, you know, Antonetti was talking the other day, Monday – that very few players have passed wave through waivers, and a lot of them haven't gotten the, – the guys that the Indians have been interested in haven't gotten to them. So, you know, that's the process. You wrote a great story the other day on the whole waiver, the waiver, you know, how the waivers work, and, you know, it's a tough thing. And uh, But I think that's the guy to me. I, I think that would be a great get for them. I don't think it would cost too much. I think he's – I believe he's a free agent at the end of the year. So um, we'll see how that works. Uh, yeah, and, and you know they've they've got a a little bit of time now before it becomes you know they have to make have to get it done. You know, they've got maybe a few days here uh, at the end of the week, uh, something like that. I, I would expect something to happen in oh, the ne- yeah. next few days, uh, and especially with uh, you know the Martine situation. You know that Martine was the one that was supposed to give them that depth and, and that, that flexibility out there in the outfield. Now that he's not going to be an option, I think uh, there's, there's a special urgency to get, get yeah, McCutcheon yeah. done. Yeah, uh, I think they're going to get somebody. I don't know who it is, but they will add a bat. They'll add an outfielder before, you know, August 31st. And, and like you said, like you said the, the way that the waiver system works, the, the Indians are in the best position out of any of the contending teams in the American League. They're in – They've got the sixth sixth best record right now, and so you know any player would have to would would come to them before they'd have to pass through, uh, you know the Boston's, New Yorks, and Houston's of the uh, of the league. All right, uh, I've got a next one here from Gene Lasour from uh, Des Moines, Iowa. He, wow. I I, I kind of answered this uh, question in, in a Hey Hoinsey column, but I answered it from my my opinion. And uh, as usual, my opinion, <laughs> the expert shot my opinion down. Mm-hmm. So um, he asked, you know, with with uh, who would be the Indians' emergency catcher? You know, my my immediate thought, you know, in, in case you know Roberto, in case you know, let's say uh, Gomes is it has a nagging injury. Perez is your only starting catcher. He gets hurt during the game. So who do you put in there, you know, to catch the last three innings of a, of a ball game? My, my uh, opinion was you, you stick the utility infielder in there, you know, uh, Eric Gonzalez. But I asked, uh, I asked Francona that, and he had a kind of a different idea. He said uh, he'd go with either Brandon uh, Geyer because of his toughness, or he would go with uh, perhaps uh, – you know, Yonder Alonso, who, who did some catching, I guess, in high school. Uh, so, and I asked Gonzalez if he <laughs> ever caught before. He goes, no, and, I, and he made it clear he didn't want to. He goes, I, if I got back there, I, just, I had my eyes closed the whole time. <laughs> well, Yonder at least looks like he's got the, the catcher's build, at, at least. I mean, he's, he's uh, you know, a little more filled out and uh, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say stable, but you know, yeah, he that, looks you like know, a big, broad-shouldered, skinny guy. Uh, I, I can't see him catch that. Although Gonzalez would look look more like Sandy Alomar, I guess, back there than uh, than anybody else. But yeah, uh, and then Francona. And then Francona said that he 
was the, was the emergency catcher for the last couple of teams he played in the big leagues. He said he it said he kept it in it kept him being willing to volunteer and do that kept him in the big leagues for a little longer than than he thought he he should have been. So knows, oh, man. Tito Tito can't get get back there now. He's more machine than man. So uh, <laughs> yeah, right. It's, uh, you know the uh, the re- replacement hips and knees. I don't think uh, would would work for uh, for squatting. That, that's good stuff. And the next one is from Eric Golden. From Westfield, uh, why did the Indians uh, activate Tyler Olson uh, last night instead of activating Adam Plutko uh, when when Bauer went on the DL? Uh, to me, uh, you know, the way the way things work is you don't make a move like activating Plutko until the day that you need Plutko. You know, I, they, they will make that move on Saturday morning when, or when he's going to catch, or I'm, I'm sorry, when he's going to pitch, they'll activate him that day and make a move. Because even in 48 hours between now and then, something might happen where they might have to go in a different direction and you don't want to ha- – and the 10-day the rule would apply as Yeah, well. exactly. So, and, and whenever Francona gets a chance to add an extra reliever, he's going to add an extra reliever. And, and you're exactly right, Joel. I mean, you don't have to add Plutko now. He's going to start Saturday. They announced that. So, you know, save him till Saturday. Now, this way, you got eight guys in the pen. You know, you bring him extra lefty. Now he's got four lefties in the bullpen. <laughs> so this is, this is the greatest thing in the world for Frank Golda. And, and Olsen, who was, you know, mowing him down in AAA uh, after coming back from his injury, uh, you know, looks like he, he pitched last night, didn't do too badly. So, I, you know, give him a chance to get out there and, you know, sort of gauge where he's at. Okay, and then uh, the last question we got is from Joe McCorkle in Naples, Florida. Do you think the Indians would keep Yandy Diaz on the uh, postseason roster instead of Eric Gonzalez? I, the way that Yandy Diaz has been hitting lately I, in, in his ma- uh, major league appearances this year, I don't see how you could not keep him, but – you know, I, we're not the ones that make those calls. Yeah. Obviously, there, there's, there's a, a plan that's afoot with, uh, with Francona and the, uh, the executives there. But I, it's sort of been inexplicable, don't you think, Paul, uh, as to why they've sort of been holding Yandy back. This is a guy who every time he gets in a major league lineup has hit the ball this year. Yeah, I mean, well, he's, you know, I think, I think if, the, if the postseason started today, Joe, I think Gonzalez and – Yandy are on, are on the roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't need a 12-man pitching staff, do you? I, I don't, no. maybe, maybe you do. I, I don't know. But I think you could find a spot for Yandy. I really do. I, without sacrificing Gonzalez and his versatility because I think you, you need that guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, Yandy, <laughs> you know, I, I watched him uh, last spring and when they were moving him around, you know, he's playing left field, he's playing third base, he's – bouncing around he's you know he's hitting like 900 in spring training and but he's playing so many different positions you know that I I just I didn't I didn't see how that was going to work you know and he was the opening day third baseman he played okay there but uh but I I just I just wish he had a position you know and and right now he doesn't and you know you've got who are you gonna are you gonna take yonder out are you gonna take Encarnacion out I, I don't know you know, I, I just, I, I think he, 
you know, I, I, I love the bat, you know, you, you gotta like the way the guy swings, you got, you know, he's, you know, he's engaged, he wants to play, uh, but where do you play him? Well, uh, Francona says he's been working more and more at first base, I guess. Uh, and, and that's, yeah. and that, that sort of goes in hand with what Tito said about how someday soon he will be hitting in the middle of the Indians order. So, yeah. you know, and that, that, that's, and that doesn't sound like wishful thinking to me. That sounds like that's a move that's going to happen next year. Right. You know, that, yeah. That, that that's immediate. That this is a guy who's going to get his shot next year. Right now, I I don't see the the downside of you. You've got forty days left, forty games left in the season. You've got a month and a half to to put Kipnis in the outfield, put Ramirez yeah. at second, and put him at third. And your lineup is stronger that way, I think. But uh, you know, again. You're right. Last year, the the constant shuffling back and forth in the minor leagues between the outfield and the infield, and I think he, it was it was a little bit much in his head um, when he got up to the big leagues, and and it showed. But yeah, we I are just, seeing we are seeing him hit the ball in the air a little more. Yeah, turning on the ball a little more. That double uh, pinch hit double uh, Monday night. I mean, he pulled that to the left to the gap. I mean, this guy just looks like a hitter. He looks like uh, he's going to jump out of his. Uh, his his skin almost when he's at the plate. He just looks like he wants to hit, and yeah. he and, almost uh, put a hole in the scoreboard. I know. And so, I, you know, I just, you know, I I don't know if if it's me. You know, I flash back to last year when all of a sudden we've got Gio Urshela playing third base in the postseason. You've got Kipnis in center field, and you've got Ramirez at short. And you know, I'm wondering how does that help you? You know, I I, I you know. I, do they do that again? And, and do you go into the postseason with, with Yandy and, 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 and Ramirez at second and Kipnis who playing who knows where? I, I, I hate breaking, uh, breaking that, uh, that groove up. So, but I don't know. I mean, that, you know, that's, that's just me. Well, and, and the other thing is Kipnis is starting to hit the, little, the ball a little more. So he's, he's not necessarily that, that hole in your order that he had been, uh, you know, up until about, you know the the end of Ju- the end of June, uh, the beginning of July. Yeah. He's re- he's really started to come around a little bit. It was a long grinding process to get him there, and and a lot of people still don't believe that he is. But right. you know, the, the numbers are bearing that out that he's 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 back to to sort of being sort of a, a little more dangerous in your order. Um, I you're right. I don't I don't think upsetting the apple cart and reshuffling the the defense and just to keep Yanni's bat in the order is, is the way to go. But still uh, you've got a guy who's a weapon every time yeah. he steps into the box. I, you, you can't keep holding them back the way they are. No, I, I, just gotta be I mean, they've got to find a way. And, but Incarnacion signed for one more year. Mm-hmm. Alonzo signed for another year. You know, you're paying these guys a lot of money and, and uh, you know, I, do you platoon at first base with Yandy and, and, and Alonzo? I, you know, you're paying Alonzo, what, eight, eight million a year to platoon? Right. I don't know. Do you do that? I, I, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, uh Yonder's, Yonder's not, not killing you against left-handed. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's, he's doing he's okay. Doing well. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's a, it's a dilemma and I wish the guy could play the outfield, but you know, they don't think he can. And, uh, Maybe who knows? Maybe they could spend a spring with them out there. But I, 
he's such a he's he's a big dude you know he's like the incredible hulk i just don't know how much he can move out there you know how much he's going to move around on a corner outfield spot well you think you know it's not just as easy as saying ah well just go out and play in the outfield but then you but then you look at somebody like jose ramirez who you say ah just go out and play in the outfield and jose ramirez goes out and plays (laughs) in the outfield and does it uh, so, you know, let, let's just talk about it. Like, give me, give me a couple of minutes here on, on Jose Ramirez and what he's doing uh, last night, hitting his 36th home run uh, of the season. And it just, it seems like anything Jose Ramirez wants to do, he goes out and does. And that's, that's really hard in baseball, but he's doing it. Yeah. He is, he's just so much fun to watch. I mean, this guy, I mean, <laughs> I look at I, every time I see him in the locker room. I look at how can a guy this small do what he's doing? You know, it's like, you know, it's just, you know, it's it's like, <laughs> like that double he hit last night. You know, and he he kind of sneaks in behind. You know, the Reds are you know kind of focused on Brantley going to third base, and all of a sudden there's Ramirez sliding into second base, and Scooter Garnett's got his back toward him, and and they don't know what's going on, and he's standing on second base when you're just sitting there thinking what. Why would he should have been on first base? He should have just stayed at first. But he's got great instincts. He, he sees the uh, he sees the, inf- the whole field so well, and he's got power, man. He's mm-hmm. he's hitting you know home runs from both sides of the plate, and he and he you know he never he's got he never stops going. You know, he, I mean, they gave him that day off on Sunday, and you know, I was surprised. I thought uh, you know usually when a player gets a day off, they say. I don't need it. I can keep going. I, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want the day off, but he needed the day off. And, and now he's what six for 10 in the last, in the next two games since he took right. the day off. Right. Well, and, and that's fun watching him on that day off, you know, he didn't quit. He was at, at the top step of the dugout shouting stuff to his teammates, <laughs> you know, sort of uh, not bullying, but like, like his, his personality sort of, you know, overwhelms some of his teammates. It definitely, He's standing at the top step of the dugout, shouting and pointing, and you know, found a way to be involved in the game that way, even though it was his day off. And and you talk about his uh, his instincts. I, I love that word, his instincts for baseball, because he uh, doesn't have elite speed. You know, somebody like a a Lindor is is closer to elite speed. You're, when you're talking about elite, you're talking D Gordon, you're talking uh, Billy Hamilton, those guys who can fly. Yeah. They get their stolen bases and they get their extra, you know, bases and, and whatnot on pure speed. Jose Ramirez doesn't necessarily match them in sprint speed in, in sort of the, the timing and the metrics and all that, but his instincts, he will see his vision, seeing who's ahead of him on the bases and where they are and where his opportunities are to sort of be aggressive. I go back to uh, the, the extra base that he took uh, in a game against I believe it was Boston at home during the, it was the start of the streak and he took an, he took second base uh, in in, late in the game. uh, And, and it really just sort of put the Indians in a position to, to win that game. And I just thought to myself, you know, this, he isn't a guy who's, you know, burning up the base paths speed wise, but his instincts and knowing when to go for it was really sort of what made the difference for him. Yeah, I mean, he's got that play, you know, if there's if he's on second base and uh, you know there's a hit maybe an infield hit to the right side of the infield and there's a bobble, like you in a heartbeat, he's he's 
He doesn't stop at third base. Nope. He's sliding across home plate, and he's done that. How many times have we seen him do that? Three, four times. I mean, you know, you just don't do that. You know, normal players don't do that. You really – you have to have guts, and you have to have a feel for the game. And, and he, he just – that's evident in, in everything he does on a baseball field. Like you said, Joe, it, it looks easy to him. It looks easy when he does it. This is a guy – He's second in the American League in war. He's, he has a better war than, uh, than, than Mike Trout. I mean, <laughs> this guy, you know, he's, 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 one, he's one behind. He's, you know, he's, he could be the first Indians home run. He could be a 40-40 guy. He's, 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 three, he's three base, three steals away from being the third 30-30 guy in Indians history, and he could be a 40-40 guy. I mean <laughs> – he, he will definitely get the – he will definitely get the three steals. He will probably get the, the 40 home runs. Yeah, I don't if, know if he gets the, the, the 10 the, more steals. 10 more steals. I mean, he could I, – I don't know if Indians fans or if the Indians necessarily even want him to get those last 10 yeah. steals. Yeah. In the they don't want season. to wear himself out. Seriously, yeah. no. But think about he goes headfirst into the base every time. That's you know that's ten to twelve more times that he's he's risking some sort of hand, arm, or neck injury doing that. I, I, I love the hustle and I love it and it's exciting and it gets the the crowd going and everything like that. But you're right. Uh, between now and the end of the regular season, you know, hey, forty forty is a great goal. But you know, if 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 getting those last ten steals means putting extra mileage on your body and you're not ready for the playoffs, then I, I, I don't necessarily think that that's something. Hey, he was smart enough to not compete in the home run derby and look yeah. where that got him. Good so point. I, Good I think, point. You know, maybe, maybe pumping the brakes uh, on this. J.D. Martinez plays in Boston. J.D. Martinez leads the league in home runs, is probably going to win the MVP just based on that, unless something, you know, really weird happens. Uh, but Jose Ramirez has done nothing to to detract from you know any sort of his performance this year has been uh, at, at, you know the best in baseball like you said. I mean he's you know he's he's a baseball player. I mean you stick <laughs> Martinez out in right field, right? Right. I mean right. where does Martinez play? Right field. This guy's on the hot corner. He's stealing bases. He's turning double plays. I mean this is. This is, you know, we haven't seen a season like this, an overall season like this. I think the closest maybe we've seen is maybe a, a season from Robbie Alomar, but I don't think Robbie ever hit, you know, he never hit 36 home runs. I mean, no. he never came close to this kind of power. But uh, he, he's certainly in the, in the category of all-around players, that, that's, you know, maybe, you know, who you, who you measure him against. Yeah, and, and we're not even talking about his glove all that much. He, he, he never does anything to sort of embarrass himself uh, yeah. on the infield. And, and hey, guess who we're also not – we haven't mentioned – even... <laughs> We're not even talking about Lindor, who's, you know – Yeah. Like... Who, who was so hot at the beginning of last week or at the end of last yeah. week that, you know, I thought he was going to be named American League Player of the Week. But uh, I, I just – you're right. This is an unprecedented season as far as you've got – two guys at the top of that lineup who are pretty much matching each other, you know, right. hit for hit and, and pitch for pitch. I mean, if, if God came down and, and, and created a leadoff hitter, it would be Francisco Lindor, wouldn't it? Switch yeah. hitter, could run, steal bases, hits the ball out of the park, play shortstop, a gold glove shortstop. I mean, what more would you want? I mean, and, and we're watching two of these guys. Like you said, we get, we get to watch two of these guys every night. It's, 
it's, Paul, it's, you're you're presupposing the existence of God, and we don't do that. <laughs> it's just not a. That's not what we do here. Uh, well, uh, you know, as, Kennesaw Mountain Glendis, if he came down and created a, <laughs> created a there you go. <laughs> All right, Paul. Uh, you know, one more game there in Cincy, and then you guys are are back home for a quick three game homestand in Cleveland. Uh, we will talk to you when you get back here. All right, Joe. Thanks, man.